Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning. Uh, we're excited to have mm-hmm. you here. Kicking things off with a hot button issue. What? In about 15 minutes. I know, I know, I know. I'm adjusting the mic. I'm <laughs> adjusting the mic. <laughs> she never thinks to adjust it until we're on air. That's my favorite part of it all. Thank you. Um, is interracial dating a form of colonialism? I don't even know what that means. Okay, well, that's, first of all, problematic. You should Google that before we start the segment in 15 <laughs> minutes from right now. But white men date Asian women because of imperialism, according to one TikToker in particular. Yeah, but that's like saying it's colonialism that you're dating a meal. Well, that, but some people feel that. Yeah, but I, that's why I'm saying this doesn't make sense yeah. to me. So this is actually an Asian TikToker. Uh, he's got some uh, strong opinions. Uh, I believe we have some audio for that conversation as well. Uh, interracial dating is always really tricky and complicated. And sort of the issues I've faced every time I've dated somebody, a person of color, very different than dating another white person. Uh, and it's it's just fascinating to me that these conversations are still happening, but they're important. And we're going to have one uh, coming up in about 14 minutes. So stick around for that. Also, a former Superman, uh, very unimpressed uh, with what the DC comic is now doing with their characters. Uh, There's more queer representation than ever, uh, but one iconic sort of uh, actor who played Superman eh, has thoughts on it. He's going to share them a little bit later on. Then also for uh, Therapy Thursday, Dr. Jen Mann is calling in about past trauma affecting your current relationships. That's a doozy. We could we could talk about that for a week. Yeah, we could. And so, I love Dr. Jen Man. She's fantastic. So we have a great show planned for you today. Currently, though, it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, ready to shine? You got it, baby. Uh, all right. So White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki brutally mocked Senator Ted Cruz for his claim the vaccine mandates are causing flights to be canceled. At the White House press briefing yesterday, a journalist asked Saki to respond to people who say vaccine mandates have reduced the workforce and contributed to this problem. Uh, the journalist didn't name names, but Saki knew one person making that point. She said, well, I know world-renowned business travel and health expert Senator Ted Cruz has made that point. She said bitingly, but I wouldn't say that this widely acknowledged or echoed by business leaders who have implemented these mandates by health experts who have conveyed the way to get out of the pandemic is to ensure that we're doing exactly the steps the president has announced and we are working to implement. Ultimately, the job of the president of the United States to lead is to follow the advice of health experts, is to ensure that he is protecting the lives of people across the country. Uh, Joe Biden's illegal vaccine mandate at work is what Ted Cruz tweeted, and that's what uh, Saki was referring to uh, when uh, Ted Cruz blamed 
blocked Southwest airline flights on Biden's mandate that federal contractors like major airlines uh, were canceling like the <clears throat> the pilots. Listen, I really like Jen Psaki. <laughs> I do. I like her. That's your takeaway from that story. I do too. Yeah, she's a strong woman. And she actually, she's a straight shooter and I appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. After the Kellyanne Conways of the world kind of did what they did. What happened to Kellyanne Conway? Who cares? But also her daughter that was on American Idol. Like, I feel like... They all disappeared. They all disappeared. No one has anything to say anymore. They're on an island somewhere. They, were the, mm-hmm, they really are. They're on Squid I Game. Hope, I hope so. They're on Squid Game. All right, let's go into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 84 in Palm Springs today. 84 in Houston, 84 in Miami, 79 in Phoenix, 82 in Atlanta, 72 in Chicago, 81 in Cleveland, a high of 84 in Cathedral City, and 84 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the duh. If you don't risk anything, you risk even more. Don't do that. Risk something. Yeah, that's true. Not your life, though, like in Squid Game. I can't stop thinking about oh, it. Oh, God. Caleb. I know. It's all I want to talk about. It's literally all I want to talk Kayla's about. Kayla's also, if you haven't watched Squid Game, you need to watch it this weekend. Binge it. Michaela's an episode ahead of me, but she tried to tell me that she was on the same episode as me and then started talking about this moment <laughs> that really shocked her. And I said, you're definitely ahead of me. That has not happened yet. Psycho. So she ruined it for me. No, you don't I'm know. Not gonna you don't know. It. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I, I, you've got four hours. I guarantee you're going to slip up. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not even going to talk, even while we're on air. All right, coming up, is interracial dating a form of colonialism? One TikToker thinks so. Does he have a point? We discuss next. Uh, Is interracial dating really just a form of imperialism? Now, it's a very complex conversation. I'm in an interracial relationship, and it's come up many times in our own relationship, right? Uh, in every interracial relationship I've ever actually been in, this has been a conversation that's come up to some degree. The idea of of whether or not, uh, as a white man with a black man, I'm dating somebody based on a fetish, or I'm fetishizing my partner, right? And it's something you have to be very, very open to uh, discussing when you're in an interracial relationship. It can be complicated. Um, this TikToker, though, makes some interesting points. Let's listen and then discuss. Throughout most of American history, immigration from Asia had been limited to exclusively men. The biggest reason for that was because they didn't want Asian people to start families here. We were considered an undesirable element. That was one of the biggest reasons the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 were passed, barring almost all immigration from Asia. And then the Immigration Act of 1924 effectively ended immigration from Asia and severely limited immigration from Europe. The first time Asian women were allowed to immigrate to the United States in large numbers was the War Brides Act of 1945. Yep, I said war brides, which meant they could only come here if they were married to a white American soldier. The Japanese internment camps, one of the only ways you could leave is if you were a woman and you married a white man. The Korean War and the Vietnam War after that, prolonged conflicts where American soldiers had access to impoverished Asian women looking to survive. White men having Asian fetishes is a byproduct of American imperialism. Thank you. I will say this. I date Lisa. She is Armenian because I wanted to date a Kardashian. So I understand. Wow. Wow. Okay, so there's that. There, I've said it. There's no, I'm that. just kidding. I no, I feel like oh my god, I I I understand what he's saying, and I could see that, but also I think that interracial dating has just been a thing, uh, for a very long time. Like I I feel like you're genuinely just attracted to who you're attracted to. I don't know if that's a privilege statement. Yeah. Um, but I I've dated different ethnicities. My whole I've dated everybody. Um, because I'm a hoe. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, but I've never seen it that way. I just 
Yeah, I don't know. know if I think it's a privileged statement. I don't agree with it, though. I think that there are so many uh, implicit bias like in, in the decisions that we make and the things that are put in front of us as people, as Americans in particular, and less so than in other parts of the world. Um, listen, colonialism and imperialism have been going on for generations, right? And there's no way to escape it. There's no way to say, like, how, w- how would you know if you would be attracted to somebody if things were different, if history were different, there's no way of ever knowing that. Yeah. But you look at numbers like this Pew Research from 2015, 46% of Asians born in the U.S. were with a spouse of a different race or ethnicity. That's a big number. You're talking an entire half of a demographic, a large demographic, millions and millions of Americans who were born in not Asian-Asian partnerships. That's interesting to me. Now, that's a direct result of a lot of things. The Korean War, Vietnam War. You know, I have a couple of cousins whose father is very white and was in the military and their mother's Vietnamese. And they were raised very American, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it was a better opportunity at the time. Obviously, things in Vietnam weren't going that great. Um, But as someone in an interracial relationship, this has come up many times. And it's fascinating because I remember when we first started dating even nine years ago, having the discussion about my partner's, you know, family lineage. And his father is a direct descendant of slaves. His father's grandfather was a slave in the South. And my partner's father grew up in a part uh, uh, of the South in Louisiana where they had to live in the woods. They literally couldn't walk out of their town at nighttime. They had to be in the woods hidden from the white people. Yeah. And if they were to get on a bus or anything like that, their lives were threatened. He would have rocks thrown at him called the N-word. Life threatened, right? Well, his mother, though... Grew up, but she was born in uh, in London. She's Jamaican. She has dual citizenship, though. And so, or her older sisters were born there. She was born here in the United States, but their family heritage is Jamaican, right? Uh, I didn't know the ties of colonialism uh, to, with black people and the UK. I knew that, but I didn't understand there was such a large pa- population of black ex- expats, basically, living in the UK, who were from the Caribbean. Her family is Jamaican, I also, at the time, I made a comment one time. I was like, well, your dad's a direct descendant of slaves, but like your mom's half is Jamaican. He's like, that's also slaves. I was like, wait, well, yeah, but well, I guess, yeah. He's like, no, that's, that's the slave route. Like, what do you think all those islands are? Like Haiti and Jamaica and the Bahamas. Those are all, those are all in the slave trade. That's the slave route. So it's so deeply ingrained into everything that it's really hard to dissect I do yeah, like that. I, I I hear what you're saying, but I feel like that's like look. Lisa's mom's Armenian. Her grandmother survived the Armenian genocide, and her father's white. My one of my best friends, his mother's fully Korean. His father's white. I I like all of those things are all true, but I don't see the correlation with with what they're saying because. I feel like all of these people that I know were just very happily married and in love. Sure. Chester, one of my, my my best friend's mom is more successful than the dad. She's Korean and she does much better than the- Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I'm not saying that's not true. What I'm saying though, like he literally talks about- uh, No, not I'm not fighting you, but I'm saying to him, like to his point, I'm not understanding it, I guess. Well, I guess that if, if, you, if, you, if you kind of care and respect cultures, we wouldn't be here, Right. The War Brides Act of 1945, that was our grandparents' generation. Like, you were only allowed to come here to this country if you're like, that's effed up. That's yeah. just really messed up. And we're not far removed from that. And and Asian Americans, 
acclimated in a different way more quickly than other groups that maybe came before or after them. Even Italian-Americans had a harder time in some instances. Yeah. But then Chinese-American, there's so many layers to it. Chinese-Americans built the railroad system and, and, and they sort of like settled the West. And there's a large population of, you know, Pacific Islander and Japanese-Americans here in Southern California. It's a, it's a very layered conversation that we could have for days and never get to the bottom of. But what I do enjoy, though, is that he's actually sharing this information. Because yeah. you can – my thing is, as long as you know, you know why and you know how, then you can make your own decisions. A thousand That doesn't percent. mean you can't love everybody you can love. I, I, I know the history of slavery in America and I know the history of my partner now because of him, because of conversations, and I just love my partner. But I also know where I stand sometimes and there's a certain reverence and respect that has to take place and that can only happen with knowledge, which is what I like about this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We've got more stories coming up. Can Halloween decorations be controversial? Uh, one neighborhood is taking it there, and we'll discuss next. An iconic TV franchise is back at it again for season 11. Michaela, what's popping? Okay, we love this. So, Curb Your Enthusiasm is literally a show that people adore. Obsessed. And the things that I've heard about it are that it's all improv, which is so iconic to me. Larry David leads it, uh, and he's coming back. In this new trailer, he says, I hate people individually, but I love mankind. <laughs> Lord, if that's not relatable, take a listen. You never call that's me. Fine. You hate people. I hate people individually, but I love mankind. Oh, you do? We don't know each other that well. You've said 30 insane things to me in the last few minutes. I'm not an everyman. No, you're not an everyman. I'm not an everyman. You are a singular man. Do you not have any kind of feeling of spirituality and anger? You know, it can f*** out. How's your dad? Not great. Why don't you pray for him, huh? Uh, I feel like an idiot. Are you kidding me? How do you know prayers don't work? Because I'm bald. Love it. It's so funny. You know, I have such a hard time getting into shows. I feel like if it's not named Absolutely Fabulous or Squid Game, I'm not right. watching it. I uh, this is one this is one of those that I feel like someday in my life, when I'm a grown man, like not like a kid like now, I'm forty one. When I'm an adult someday, I'm gonna probably binge watch every season of this. Do yourself a favor and do that. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I, I feel like I will. It's like Seinfeld. Seinfeld to me growing up was the stupidest show in the world. Never got into it. Someday I think I might get into it. Not yet. That day's not here. I'm That's still... what I feel about Seinfeld and Friends. I'm just never going to do it. Oh, no, that. no, no. Friends, I F with. Friends is stupid. I still, I tried to watch it just a few years ago and I was like, this sucks. I'm more it's of a so Will basic. and Grace Schitt's Creek kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but the list of co-stars on yeah. this show. It's pretty iconic. Bonkers. Yeah. It's Vince Vaughn, Robert Kine, Seth Rogen, John Hamm. Also, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of Vince Vaughn in a long time. Where's he been? What's going on? I don't know. I'm excited about Tracy Ullman and Julie Bowen. I Kaylee love Cuoco. Tracy I mean, there's so many, yeah, so many Lucy legends. Lou. Woody Harrelson, Patton Oswalt. I mean, the, that's reason enough for me to watch. Yeah. I just love how Larry David's like low-key every few years. He's like, eh, I guess I'll do it this season. Yeah. And, and they're they, like, all right, we'll do it then. And then HBO's like, absolutely. We'll pay you whatever you want. It's iconic. <laughs> I love it. How do we well, get that gig? The new season is out. It's returning. Uh, and so make sure that you watch it on HBO. Now, coming up in our next hour, a former Superman is unimpressed with the Man of Steel emerging from the closet of solitude, and we'll discuss next. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we have a fantastic hour coming up for you here on the program. Uh, coming up in about 13 minutes, uh, Dean Kane has some thoughts on uh, the ever-evolving world of DC and Marvel Comics. Uh, more queer representation than ever, and the former Superman is weighing in. He was on Fox and Friends, so if that gives you any indication mm-hmm. of what sort of conversation he had, uh, you might be right, but you might be wrong. And then in our next hour, Dr. Jen Mann is going to call in uh, for Therapy Thursdays uh, with some tips on dealing with past traumas that are affecting your current relationships. If that's not the best bit of advice I could ever ask for, yes. who's in a relationship now and could use a little bit of advice who has communication barriers? Anybody? Anybody? If we're not all raising our hands in this studio, we're all lying. I know I know, I need it. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to talk to Dr. Jen Mann. She's fantastic. Uh, right now, though, it's time for news on the beat, Michaela. All right. Well, uh, let's start with the good news. The roughly 70 million people who get Social Security, including retirees and people with disabilities, will see their monthly payments soar starting next year. Benefits are set to increase 5.9%, increasing monthly payments by $92 to an estimated average of $1,657 for 2022. It's the largest increase in about four decades, but as large as it appears on paper, this hike might not be the boost it seems as rising prices due to inflation will likely offset the increase. Yeah, I mean, numbers are just numbers. That's the, that's the interesting thing about inflation and money. You go to some countries where a, a, a loaf of bread costs a million dollars because their their money's so inflated, so it doesn't actually mean anything. So it's great that they're raising it, but for the first time in 40 years? Yeah, like, totally, totally. All right, another news. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki brutally mocked Senator Ted Cruz for his claim that vaccine mandates are causing flights to be canceled. At the White House press briefing yesterday, a journalist asked Saki to respond to people who say vaccine mandates have reduced their workforce and contributed to this problem. Uh, now, the journalist did not name names, but Saki knew one person making that point. She said, well, I know world-renowned business travel and health expert Senator Ted Cruz has made that point, but I wouldn't say that that is widely acknowledged or echoed by business leaders who have implemented these mandates by health experts who have conveyed the way to get out of the pandemic is to ensure that we're doing exactly the steps the president has announced and we are working to implement. Ultimately, the job of the president of the United States is to lead, is to follow the advice of health experts, is to ensure that he's protecting the lives of people across the country. Saki was referring to a tweet from Cruz that blamed canceled Southwest airline flights on Biden's mandate that federal contractors like major airlines ensure that their workers are vaccinated in order to keep workplaces safe. Joe Biden's illegal vaccine mandate at work is what Cruz tweeted Sunday. Suddenly, we're short on pilots and air traffic controllers. Hashtag thanks, Joe. 
Uh, and <clears throat> Jen Psaki had a President Biden's back. And then went ahead and dragged Ted Cruz. It's her job. But yeah. also she dragged Ted Cruz in the best way. I, the most like iconic to be way. Like, I know that you're like an expert on all these things, but also... Yeah, like- love it. Love it. <laughs> we love her. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather, shall we, honey? It's going to be a high of... 80, I'm sorry, 84 in La Quinta, 84 in Cathedral City, 73 in St. Louis, 81 in Cleveland, 81 in Baltimore, 79 in Phoenix, 86 in Miami, 70 in Kansas City, 84 in Houston, 84 in Palm Springs, 73 in Vegas, and a high of 79 in LA. It's low-key nice everywhere. Yeah. It was like 81 in yesterday Baltimore. Yesterday was gorgeous yesterday, yeah. but it's 84 everywhere. That's like the... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm going. I'm going to San Francisco this weekend to film some stuff. My partner's never been to San Francisco. He's very excited for our first trip to Mecca, the gay Mecca, of course. Um, but he's like, "What do I? What should I wear? Sweaters and jackets. It's always cold and foggy." Yeah, I took Lisa for her birthday. She loves San Francisco. Maybe four years ago, and we um, did all the things that you do in San Francisco. And it got so cold so mm. quickly, but I love it. You're gonna have I the best really time. I just really want to eat lots and lots of sourdough bread. Oh yeah, That's the clam chowder thing. was incredible. Shout out the- to our listeners um, in the Bay Area, 1550 AM or Alice 97.3 FM HD2. I'll be in your hood this weekend. I right, uh, give them a vibe. Here it is. If you don't risk anything, you risk even more. You gotta take chances in life, in love, and careers, and relationships. All of it. Amen. Take, take a chance. All right, coming up, a former Superman is unimpressed with the Man of Steel emerging from the closet of solitude, and we'll discuss as I've worked closely with him. I don't like him that much. Next. All right, so a lot has changed in the world of comic books in recent years and in recent months. You know, not just Marvel and DC. Uh, they're both really sort of wading into the queer spaces right now, which is really fantastic. We love the representation. Uh, we need diversity in, in these characters. And also, you got to remind yourselves, that people get so mad sometimes about somebody being, you know, made black, a black character, or or queer, or James Bond potentially being a woman. Like it really gets people really upset, and they got to remind people these are fictional characters that were made up and don't actually exist in the real world. So it's not like we're asking, you know, somebody to come in and play somebody completely outside of their race, outside of their gender. Yeah, it's actually like a real character. Michaela Gordon's not playing Harriet Tubman anytime soon, nor should she, right? But some people have a lot of thoughts about this, and people get really emotional about this. Uh, one of them being Dean Kane. Now, I know you've worked with Dean, so I'll let you. And I've worked with them back in the day at Good Day LA, but I know you've worked with them quite a few times. And uh, we're going to share some of his audio. He was on Fox and Friends recently, which I know sounds problematic. And the headline I kept seeing everywhere was, oh, this isn't groundbreaking, says actor Dean Kane, who played Superman on Lois and Clark for years, right, with Terry Hatcher on ABC. Um, but listen to his audio, and then we'll discuss. So I don't think it's bold or brave or some crazy new direction. If they had done this 20 years ago, perhaps that would have been bold and brave. They said it's bold and it's and and a bold new direction. I say they're bandwagoning. You know, a Robin of Batman and Robin, as you mentioned, just came out as as bi or gay recently. And honestly, who's really shocked about that one? Um, okay, so here's the thing about Dean Cain. First and foremost, he's been very polite and very respectful to me. When we've worked together. Sure. I've never gotten any creepy vibes. He doesn't, um, uh, like, hit on me like some of my other experiences. Uh, he's he's quite respectful, so I really do appreciate that. It's been a weird thing because I had a big crush on him when I was growing up. Yeah. I thought it was so hot, and then he, like, became this weird Trumper, and then that was awkward. Yeah, he's oddly conservative and says some strange things sometimes. Yeah, he does. 
But um, I think he's acting pretty supportive. Yeah, because he actually goes on, and the headlines everywhere are kind of dragging him right now. And I don't want to drag him for this one, because he does go on to say Brave would have been him fighting for the rights, speaking of Superman, this new bisexual character, um, would have been him fighting for the rights of gay people in Iran, where they'll throw you off a building for the offense of being gay. They're talking about having him fight climate change and the deportation of refugees, and he's dating a hacktivist, whatever a hacktivist is. So that's where I do have an issue, because... He's he's playing both sides, right? Yeah. So he's saying, yeah, go fight Iran like they're our biggest threat in the entire world. And then literally acting as if climate change and the deportation of refugees is not a real issue. That's my bigger issue. Not whether or not he's supportive of queer people because he is like he doesn't care. Yeah. He's one of those Republicans that's socially pretty, pretty liberal. Yeah. But he also says who's really shocked about this one. The new Captain America is gay. My daughter in Supergirl, where I played the father, was gay. So I don't think it's bold or brave or some crazy new direction. If they had done this 20 years ago, perhaps that would be bold or brave. I think what he's doing, I think that his communication is off. I think that his wording is off. Yes. Because obviously he's not affected by the LGBTQ community. He's met my partner many times, was very lovely. And, you know, people put on an act, but he played the father of a gay superhero. Yep. Like, it's not like he's not getting well, it. Well, he also, he also references the Taliban. He says there's real evil in this world today, real corruption and government overreach, which is a common the sort of argument of these Trumpers, right? That it's all, the government's all bad, right? Uh, and there's some truth in that. He also says plenty of things to fight against, human trafficking, real and actual slavery going on. It'd be great to tackle those issues. So again, I support all of that stuff. But also, as we know where we current, currently stand in this nation, once you start, once people start bringing up human trafficking, right? Because most people aren't actually doing the work to fix human trafficking, myself included. I'm not out there fighting the good fight, but people are upset about it, right? And then that opens up to this like conversation about QAnon and conspiracy theories because when you use factual information and then you start to fill in the blanks where your mind doesn't know what to do with it, 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 it sounds like he's giving a nod to people who believe those sorts of things, right? Not that human trafficking isn't real. That is very real. But he's on Fox and Friends. So it's a dog whistle. He's doing what Donald Trump would do when he would say there's good people on both sides. That's essentially what I think he's doing here. And that's my actual problem. Yeah. I think he's very supportive of our community. I just don't want to – what like I want to know in his mind what's the conversation actually about because he covered a lot. You're talking about Iran, sex trafficking. You're talking about homosexuality, bisexuality. There's a lot of different things that he's covering here. So what is his actual issue? That's what I'm more concerned with. I, I, I genuinely think just in the small times uh, that I've worked with him, well, not small times. We literally have done multiple shows together. Um, he, I think he thinks he's saying the right thing. I yeah. think he's saying being gay is old news. Being gay is cool. It's great. Let's talk about bigger issues. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. Because isn't I that think, what we want anyways? Yes. Yeah. I think that's... In his mind, he's like, being gay isn't an issue anymore. The Taliban is the issue. Mm -hmm. So I understand where he's coming from. It's just still problematic because he's not understanding 
what LGBTQ people are exactly. still facing. Exactly. There's some privilege in him saying as a right. cis straight man, right. oh, come on, we moved past it, we're fine. Right. It's like people saying, oh, we're not racist anymore because we elected Barack Obama exactly. in 2008. Exactly. It's very dismissive of what people are going through in real time. Maybe his- It's it's the equivalent of him going, well, I dated a black girl one time, so I'm so not I'm, racist. So I'm not racist. That's, I have a black friend, I'm good. Yeah. It's that it's that sort of mentality, and and maybe he has maybe he has a couple queer friends that-, that maybe justify that in his mind. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I wish he would just do a little better and be a little more... Yeah. You know... Really understand what he's saying. Choose his words more wisely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, coming up, is this a crazy bridezilla or an amazing opportunity for exposure? We discuss next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Have another cup of coffee, Justin. We're talking bridezillas right now. Yeah, we are, honey. Is, has has you're getting married this weekend, Justin? Yeah, uh, forty eight hours from now. Is your is your lady love a bridezilla? Uh, well, she's not happy with me right now because uh, <laughs> I accidentally charged the wrong card, twelve hundred and fifty bucks. Oh my gosh, Justin. how did you do that, Justin? What is happening? Get it right. Well, it. Uh, all Listen, right, well, let's get into it really listen, quickly. I, it's, it'll, it'll take a minute. So I accidentally, we, we did a Amex Pay thing. I accidentally clicked the wrong card. It oh, was because, supposed to go on one card. Uh, I went on the other one. Well, the Amex Pay thing, you can like schedule like payments on them. And yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I bungled that one. Listen, totally that's, my bad. that's real because we've had to be strategic all of a sudden. We're spending so much money on our wedding that we I want to make sure we get the most out of every dollar we spend. Exactly. So we're using certain cards to get certain points and miles for our honeymoon no, and, like and things like that. it's like a strategic thing. Yes, and then we pay it off with our wedding account that we have a joint account. So mm. I get that. I get that. And that's an easy mistake because it is real easy to start putting $500 here, $1,000 there when you're planning the wedding and all of a sudden you don't know where any of the money went, right? Um, so that's why this couple is so interesting. So there's a bizarre Facebook post that um, could fall into Bridezilla territory. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Michaela, because I feel like your thoughts and my thoughts might be different from the average listener. Okay. Okay. So this couple took to social media, uh, Facebook, uh, in the hunt for someone with at least eight years of experience to plan and cater their wedding. Um, and that seems pretty standard, right? Uh, however, instead of paying this wedding planner with at least eight years of experience, uh, they offered exposure in return for their hard work. Now, this is something as a 200-person wedding. This is a large wedding, right? And if you're not in the world of, of social media influencers and that sort of thing, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Right, entire incomes are made just from social media. Absolutely, I make half of my income at least from social media. So does my partner. Um, but here's where it gets a little trickier. Not only are they saying we're not going to pay you, we want you to have eight years experience. Also, you have to apply. It's a hundred dollar application fee just to apply for the honor, <laughs> oh the honor uh, of of doing our wedding. Uh, so, here are a couple thoughts. Wait, are they famous? Apparently, they're influencers. I don't know. I don't see any numbers here. So here's the thing. I would have to see how many followers they have. I would need to see their engagement. I would need to see their demographic breakdown because I'm in the middle of this right now. So we do do deals all the time for different things, for trade, right? Because it's a real thing. Yeah, but honey, if you're not Beyonce, no one should be planning a wedding for 200 guests and this bridezilla couple for free Ah, and exposure. I I, I don't think that's true. I do. But wait till you get a wedding for free, honey. You'll take it. We're getting a lot of great deals on our wedding. We also just recently in the last yeah, week. Yeah, but, but it's not for free. Like you're like someone's still getting paid. 
like someone's still making money. Well, for some things they won't. So, for instance, this week alone, The Knot, you know, the popular site, The Knot, The Knot Magazine, our friends Jonathan Bennett and James Vaughn were the first same-sex couple on the cover of it last June for Pride. They reached out this week and said, we'd like to collab with you for your wedding. We're getting married during Pride Month. David Yurman, that's the ring I got for my partner. Uh, he's got to get me one now. They reached out and said, hey, we want to collab with you for the wedding. Now, for me, when I was getting his ring, I was like, I told you, you were with me. Michaela, yeah. you were with me when we got it. You filmed the whole thing. I was like, I want to pay for his ring. I don't care if he pays for mine. If they want to give him a free ring or pay him, God, let him. Because this wedding's expensive. But here's where I have a problem with this. Charging people a $100 application fee? Yeah, but like you're also, making money off of these David Yurman is not hard up for money. Like, you're reaching out to somebody saying, well, plan our wedding, yeah, but you're making spend this, $100. I hear that, but that's And also, then do it for free. But also, th- those people can just not apply. Do you know what I mean? Like, our wedding planner literally owns a wedding planning company. This is what she does. So she has a whole bunch of, like, I think mostly women, because uh, she told me that, um, that work under her and plan all of her weddings, and she gets a cut of all of it. It's her company, right? But every year, she takes on two, maybe three weddings of her own. She took on our wedding, and when she took it on, we never said this to her. Uh, She said, I'd be happy to do your wedding. Don't pay me a penny. I get paid through the resorts. But she's still getting paid. So she's, nope, she's absolutely getting paid. But but the resort started cutting a lot of things and giving us a lot of things for free because the resort wants to host our wedding. Right, but she's still getting paid. But she's getting paid much, much, much less, though. And she said, I don't care if I make a dime off of this. I really want to do your wedding. So for her, the value is this same-sex couple that's somewhat notable, has social influence, works in Hollywood, and she's a wedding planner based in Indiana, in Indianapolis. So for her, there's value in it. Now, I don't have a problem with that. I think that their expectations are a bit high to ask people to pay a $100 application fee. But if you're a wedding planner, so you're the wedding planner, right? Yeah. You don't want to apply for it. Don't apply for it. Do you know what I mean? If you don't need it. And also, I think the eight years experience... I don't know a whole lot of wedding planners, who've been, anybody who's been doing something for eight years, who are going to then turn around and do something for free. Listen, one of my very, very, very dearest, longest, closest friends in the world, we've been friends for 15 years, is the highest event planner now. He's not even on social media. He doesn't need it. Because that's he where literally you get to that level and you don't need it anymore. Does so mm-hmm. well. He's never used social media. And he's the highest event planner. He's done every large He's high event. all the time? Is that what you're saying? He's, he's high all the he's time. He's the highest. He... <laughs> Would, uh, he not only has years of experience, I could not imagine going to him. He'll, he'll probably do mine and Lisa's for free because we literally have been friends for 15 years and we live together and we love each other. But he would never do anything for free or for exposure. Like, he doesn't need it. Yeah. Eight years. Like, I, I could not ever imagine him applying for this being like, yeah. like, never happen. And also pay people what they're worth. Yeah. Like, if they want, if they, if media, if, if their entire goal. It's not goal, an intern. Yeah, it's like. Let's say this couple has a million followers and this wedding planner is really trying to build their social platform. It might make sense for them. Maybe they're like, okay, cool. We want to build our Instagram. There's a way we can work this out. Yeah. But by and large, most people don't care about that. Yeah. 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 I just think it's weird. I think the expectations are like not realistic and um, and influencers to, are weird. Do I have to pay you when you sing at my wedding or because you um, just three songs. So is that free? I said I'm doing five songs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast. We can do hard things on. We can do hard things. My wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly 
about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. It's almost time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela's going to talk sports in just a second, so buckle up for that. But first, I do want to remind you, our show is also a podcast, so if you can't listen to us in real time, don't you worry. We've got you covered. Head over to wearechannelq.com, download the Odyssey app, and you can listen to The Morning Beat anywhere you take your mobile device. While you're at it, invite a friend or family member or an enemy, every single person you know, invite them to listen. Please and thank you. Uh, Michaela, what's popping? Um, okay, so we did a lot of news about the Raiders coach resigning due to homophobic emails. But Carl Nassib defi- decided to uh, take a personal day following the resignation of Raiders head coach John Gruden. After the revelation that Gruden had been sending emails with homophobic, transphobic, racist, and misogynistic comments. Uh, listen, Raiders general manager Mike Mayock said the team is behind Carl Nassib. And he said that Carl Nassib requested a personal day-to-day. He's, uh, he just said he's got a lot to process. There's a lot that's been going on the last few days. And, of course, we support the request. Love it. Uh, I love it. You know, yeah. we're really coming into a time where athletes are learning how to take mental health days. And I think that it's so interesting because even here at this workplace, we've got sick days. You're never, uh, you're never encouraged to take those sick days. It's like you have them... But just because, like, you have to offer them. Yes. They're not actually yes. provided. This is the first job I've ever taken my sick days before. And I remember the every single time I do it, though, I'm so apologetic to you because I always know that puts more on your shoulder when I take a day off uh, and Justin's as well. Um, but also, that's not my issue. I, yeah. You really separate yourself from it all. Like, if you're sick, if Justin's sick, you should take time to heal. And I've gotten sick more this last year, year and a half. Um, partially nerves, partially just the pandemic of it all. I don't know what it's been, but I think this is great. And I also love that he's of that generation. You tell somebody they can take a mental health day, that generation's going to take it. Our generation and the generation before us should take those days, but probably won't. Because we are raised in this 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 capitalistic society where you always have to show up for work and press, press through everything. Yes. Just push through your problems. And uh, I, I, I applaud this. That's I a do. lot. That's a lot. He's you got, he's the only one in the whole league in the history like that's out. That's a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, it is. And for it to have been his coach. And we talked about this yesterday. Coaches are oftentimes father figures yep. to these men. Yep. And it probably was heartbreaking to know that uh, up until 2018. Yeah. And and of recently, even even more so, that he was uh, not only misogynistic and transphobic, but very homophobic. It's probably very embarrassing for him. Yeah, and not only held those views, because we all kind of know, especially queer people, we know what people think of us, but it's easier to cope with at least when they keep it to themselves and they treat you with kindness. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's enough for me, for most people. To know that he's talking about him this way and others behind his back. That's yeah. problematic. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up uh, in our next hour, it's Therapy Thursdays. We're joined with Dr. Jen Mann on past trauma affecting your relationships. We discuss next. We'll give you someone to lean on this hour. Dr. Jen Mann is yeah, joining honey. the program in about 13 minutes to uh, give some pointers, some tips uh, on letting go of past traumas that are affecting your relationships today. You know, there always comes that point in your life where you meet the person or the people in your life that fulfill you, that love you, and uh, you make the decision, I don't want to ruin this anymore. 
I don't want to keep getting it wrong. I want to give this person the respect and the love and the friendship or companionship they deserve. But a lot of stuff from my past is rearing its ugly head. How do I do better? Well, you know, I, uh, me and Lisa, my partner, are deeply into couples therapy and individual therapy. And honestly, it's been a rough couple of weeks as far as we're getting to the very, very root of the problem with so much honesty and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard and there's no running. Mm. But we're coming out of it. And I've actually never felt more connected to Lisa in my whole life. But I read this thing yesterday from... Um, this uh, poet that I follow, and it said, it isn't what we left behind that breaks me. It's what we could have built had mm. we stayed. And I think that the hardest part in relationships is it's very easy to walk away when things get difficult and uh, because of traumas, because mm-hmm. of things that have happened. Yep. Um, but It's also can... easy to stay sometimes because of traumas. Yeah. Because you don't know. Yeah. It's both, yeah. Yeah, but I think that what our therapist has encouraged us to do is whether you stay or you go, work through it, and then make the decision. And then you'll have an answer, at least. You'll yeah. have clarity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's Jen real. Man is really, really great about that. And uh, listen, traumas are very difficult in a yeah, relationship. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. we're going to get over them. We started therapy, too, recently. And it's a, I think it's great timing on both of our parts and very on brand for both of us to uh, go into full-on therapy with our partners during Mercury and retrograde. So <laughs> that's been fantastic. Yeah. Lots of fun. Lots mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, but stick around for that coming up in about 12 minutes if you have uh, some similar issues or want some advice and some tips on how to let go of past trauma to live a healthier life today. Dr. Jen Mann on The Morning Beat. Right now it is time for news on The Beat. Michaela, what do you got? All right, Well, uh, we have a lot of things happening. Um, some who were once vaccine hesitant seem to be changing their minds. One clinic in a heavily Latino part of South Texas is working to overcome barriers such as transportation, language, and a dearth of trusted information sources by ensuring that patients get facts about the shot and keep their appointments So far, 35 states have fully vaccinated more than half their residents, while five more have fully vaccinated more than two-thirds. Meanwhile, uh, CNN's Dr. Gupta sat down with controversial podcast host Joe Rogan to try to communicate just how important vaccines are. These efforts come amid some good news. COVID-19 deaths and hospitalizations are expected to to decline over the next four weeks. Thank God. Thank God. I want the holidays to be normal. I did too, but also we have to be very careful because we had this last year. In the summer, it's fine. It's Same the winters mistake. that gets, gets a little tricky. Yep. Yeah. All right, another news. Let's start with the good news. There are roughly 70 million people who get Social Security, including retirees and people with disabilities, will see their monthly payments soar starting next year. Benefits are set to increase 5.9%, increasing monthly payments by $92 to an estimated average of $1,657 for 2022. It's the largest increase in about four decades, but as large as it appears on paper, this hike might not be the boost it seems, as rising prices due to inflation will likely offset the increase. Very interesting stuff here. The inflation of it all. I wonder what the rate of inflation has been over the last 40 years, though. The average rate of inflation has been about 13.5%. So they're increasing payments by 5%. So you're still making about a half or a third of what you would have been making from the same sort of payments 40 years ago. Yeah. So they're living in a more expensive world with less. Yeah. Still. I mean, the number sounds great. It's ticking in the right direction. It's kind of like when they talk about um, minimum wage. 
basically not increased in decades. Yeah. But people are still expected to live off of what they couldn't afford to live off uh-huh. in the 1990s. Uh-huh. Mm. All right, let's get to a little weather. It's a high of 79 in L.A., 73 in Vegas, 84 in Palm Springs, 86 in Miami, 66 in San Francisco, 81 in Atlanta, 81 in Baltimore, 81 in Cleveland, 73 in St. Louis, 84 in Cathedral City, and 86 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. If you don't risk anything, you risk even more. So true. Take so risks. True. What do you got to lose? Nothing. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. Dr. Jen Mann is joining us to talk about past traumas that are affecting your relationships and how to move on and move forward. Coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for a little bit of a therapy session, if you will. We've got our, our in-house Dr. Jen Mann on the line. Dr. Jen, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Hi, Dr. Jen. Always, I love you so much. Always great to hear your voice. Um, something we talk about a lot on the show and in our community in particular, and I think anybody can relate to this, gay, straight, or, or otherwise, um, but specifically within the queer community, I think this is a very, very uh, difficult conversation sometimes to have. Uh, when your past traumas are affecting your current relationships, maybe that's a personal relationship, maybe maybe it's a friendship, you know, I'm getting married, I'm going through therapy right now. Michaela's heading towards marriage, she's going through therapy right now. It's hard. How do you move past uh, things from the past uh, when you finally find that person or those people that you really just, you want to stay close to, you don't want to mess up the relationship, but you've got old habits that are maybe getting in the way? And I think that this Billy Porter story is is really such an important one, and mm. it is it is so relatable because I get so many people in my private practice who who ask this question. You know how do how do I tell my partner about my past traumas? When do I tell my partner about my past traumas? How how do I know if it's affecting my relationship? And here's what I'll tell you, and that is that if you're going to have an intimate relationship with someone, a truly emotional, intimate relationship, you have to share this information. Mm-hmm. And it's hard information to, to share. It's painful. It's difficult. It makes you feel vulnerable. A lot of the time it can make you feel like you're not a great partner or you're less than in some way. But first of all, anyone who is not, anyone who hears that information and walks away, well, that's not your partner anyway. That's not someone who is going to go the distance. That's not the kind of human being you want to be with. That's, that's not a real relationship. Mm-hmm. But in order to have emotional intimacy, you have to share this. And by the way, especially when it's a sexual trauma or a trauma that impacts your your intimate life in the bedroom, it's especially important because sometimes what ends up happening is that you have reactions to things in the bedroom. You don't tell your partner, and then the partner thinks that you're not turned on by them. Mm-hmm. They think you're not into them. They like they think you're having an affair. There's a whole list of things. Well, so, your, it's your point, though. Billy Porter said that his stepfather abused him twice a week for five years. Sexually. Hmm. And, and it's it's horrific. And and unfortunately, I see people in my practice all the time who have gone through terrible traumas like this, where they were molested or abused or in various different ways in their life. And the good news about the culture that we're growing up in is that people like him are talking about it, which opens the door for other people to talk about it. Mm. You know, one of the things that I've always loved about my show Couples Therapy on VH1 is that 
when people see celebrities talk about things they're struggling with, they start to talk about them themselves, and they start to have the courage to go to therapy and to work through it. But you can't have a, a close, intimate relationship with someone and not share something this significant that impacts you so much, most likely on a day-to-day basis. Um, if you're just tuning in, it's Therapy Thursdays with Dr. Jen Mann. We're talking about getting over traumas to better your relationship I will say I'm a sexual abuse survivor. You you know this, and I think most of our listeners do as well. And I remember the first time that me and Lisa were intimate, my partner, it kind of came blurting out. And it, that's never happened to me. I just instantly felt very safe with her, and I needed her to know that. Um, and so I'm very grateful for that. But one thing that I'm learning in therapy that I think a lot of people can relate to is I not only have those traumas that I dealt with growing up, I have created trauma within mine and Lisa's relationship due to bad habits and being unable to communicate and be vulnerable in the past so much that we're now in therapy trying to heal my past traumas and then traumas that have been brought to the relationship. So how do you show your partner on both sides, uh, we're doing better, let's instill trust, I'm here for you. How do you rebuild Well, with honesty, with openness, knowing how to make amends, knowing how to recognize what your issues are, because a lot of the time what happens is you have a trauma, then you act out. You feel bad about how you've acted out. You get defensive, and you don't own it. And it's important to be able to say... Oh my I can't God, relate I to any of that. I know, but like me, that's my bio. And by the way, also, not just in the relationship, because typically what happens is once you've had a trauma, you're far more vulnerable and far more likely to have an, an additional trauma. For example, I work with someone who they were incested and then later on in college they were raped. Because a lot of the time, unfortunately, these traumas make us more vulnerable to other traumas. Mm. And and so people then tend to feel guilty about it. They tend to feel like they've done something wrong, but right. it, it, it's important for each person who's been through something like this to be able to work through it, and ideally in therapy. And a lot of the time the first thing that people say to me is, well, I can't afford therapy. But mm. what most people don't realize is that everyone can afford therapy because there are clinics all around this country that will see you based on your ability to pay. Yep. In order to become a therapist, you have to do 3,000 hours under supervision. I did it. Everyone who's licensed does it. And you work for free. And yep. I started that way. I start, And then I paid on a sliding scale. And they exactly. basically said, how much can you afford? I gave them a number. They said, okay, we'll make it work for you. Yeah, but exactly. something that you said, Dr. Jen Mann, when you visited us the first time, you said, I ask everybody to do therapy for the very least one year. And after you left, that's when I started therapy. And I committed, based off of what you said, one year at the very least. I'm in the part of my therapy where it's really, really hard. Like, the truth is coming out. It's all, like, unraveling. And it's actually the most difficult thing I've ever done. And I'm not allowed to run away. I have to, like, sit with it. And it feels horrible. And I think this is the time when people... Well, I hate it, Dr. Jen, man. I hate it. Do you hear me? That That means you're doing great work. Well, I hate it. But at what point... (laughs) But thank you. (laughs) But for people that feel discouraged, because I have. I feel discouraged and frustrated. I'm tired. Does it get better? Yes. It, a lot of the time it has to get worse before it gets better, and, and you're, you're in it right now. You're in the trenches, and what a great example you're being for all of your listeners to be that honest, to be able to say, 
I'm going through this really, really hard part of therapy, and I'm feeling like I can't, I can't see the light, but I'm telling you this is exactly what you have to go through in order to see the light. And being, being in that position where you're looking at all of this painful stuff Mm-hmm. is exactly what helps you to change it. Listen, and, Dr. And Jen, great. Uh, I, we love you so much. And listen, look, Michaela's in therapy. I'm in therapy. I'm planning the wedding. Our producer's getting married this weekend. This studio has been a blast lately. Let me tell you, all of our emotions, throw in Mercury and mm-hmm. retrograde, we're a party in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Jen Mann, you can find, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media? I know you've written some fantastic books that could also be very helpful. Where can they find you? You can find me at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on Mann on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on on Facebook, you name it, I'm on it. Um, and and my book, The Relationship Fix, is all about Ob- how to make your relationship obsessed. So Lisa good. and I read it out loud to each other, um, and it's such a great book. There's so many tools in there that are so beneficial. Yeah, pick up The Relationship Fix. Also, you can pick up Unprotected. comes out October 18th, uh, Billy Porter's book, where he's very, very open. If you're not ready to have these conversations yet, but like Jen, Dr. Jen Mann said, um, if maybe a celebrity sharing their truth might help you, might be worth picking up as well. You know what, Michaela, that never gets old. What? Hearing our names every time we come into a segment never gets old. It never old. gets old. I want to say something. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, though. Okay, well. well it rhymes with schmilschmord. Schmilschmord. Are we allowed to talk about that yet? What's schmilschmord? Rhymes with schmilschmord. Schmilschmord. Everyone hold, please. No. Okay, good. Schmilschmord? Not yet. Okay, oh. never mind. Oh, we're gonna We've be got a, some news coming we're, out. We're going to be on a billboard. Okay. <laughs> there, I said it. Wow. There, I said it. Whatever. Who cares? We're obsessed about it. You're so iconic. Rhymes with schmilschmord? Yeah, it does. Billboard schmilschmord? Oh, God. Billboard schmilschmord? Listen, Palm Springs, get ready. Get ready, because here we go. Because we're, we're single-handedly about to end get this pandemic ready, and bring the fun back to the desert. Yeah, we are. Here we come. We're going to be in Palm Springs in We a are going to be in Palm Springs for Pride. I cannot uh-huh. wait. Pride, we also, uh, Pride Under the Pines. We're going to be at the Morongo. At the Morongo. We'll be talking about that a little bit more next week, but uh, drag uh, at the Morongo. It's going to be so much fun. I love Palm Springs. Palm Springs is really one of my favorite. I don't want to like alienate our other listeners, but Palm Springs is iconic. Yeah. Also, I like I like the outlets. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Going to and from Palm Springs. I love the outlet. I love it. And there's so many great restaurants. We went to our restaurant in Palm Springs uh, when we we did a round of our, our engagement photos there. Friends of ours live there and they're uh, photographers. Yeah. And we went to a place called Booze Hounds mm. in Palm Springs. And they are, it's incredible. We're going to get to our topic in just a minute. Justin, calm the F down. I know. Producer. We're relating to our listeners um, right now. Booze Hounds is a new restaurant that opened. It's gorgeous. The food is incredible. And you can bring your dogs outside. They oh my God. Theirs. I love that. It's they incredible. have great restaurants. I I remember we did Christmas in Palm Springs. I got to ride in a sleigh. I thought I was ugh, everything. I really did. And then Lisa took me on a date afterwards to this Italian restaurant, which hopefully she'll text me. I know she's listening right now, so text me the restaurant, baby. It was like the mob in there. And I was mm, like, this is so home. delicious. You felt and like you're at home. I did feel like I was at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, we kiki because this next topic is scary. Uh, we're talking about killware. Now, you've probably heard of uh, cyber threats and ransomware, and those are words and phrases that have sort of gotten into the vernacular in recent years as technology continues to spread, right? It's a good thing that we know about these things so we can try to protect ourselves, right? However, killware is just as dangerous as it sounds. So before the idea, and this is why a lot of, a lot of people don't, in my calculation, don't even really understand cyber attacks, like, they don't know that what Russia did to us during the 2016 election was an act of war. 
It's just a different type of war. Right. But in many ways, way more damaging. Maybe not costing us lives specifically. However, costing our economy and our government unknown amounts of money, costing us our democracy if this keeps going this way. Because a lot of countries understand, they're like, oh, the United States spends all this gajillion dollars on their military. Well, let's play smarter, not harder. And that's exactly what places like China and Russia are doing right now. Well, Killware is, and this just happened, I believe, down in Florida, um, where they actually attack like your water systems. So they're actually, they can physically kill people through technology used to infiltrate systems that we all use and take for granted every single day. Like, just wrap your brain around that for a moment. What if all of a sudden the water source in your home was no longer safe or could actually kill you? That's a lot of homes affected very, very quickly. Yeah. And this is sort of the, this is, I would say the future, but this is, this is the here and now. This is real. Justin, Absolutely. I want to know your thoughts on this because I know that you, you've read into this stuff and you kind of keep up on this. So what it reminds me of is a 2007 movie. Did you see Live Free or Die Hard? Of course. No. So course. It, it was the fourth film in the Die Hard mm-hmm. franchise. Bruce Willis, Timothy Oliphant was the villain. And they did exactly what we're talking about right now. They took over like the infrastructure systems. They took over the lights. They took over the uh, traffic patterns. They took over the water. They took over the sewer. And they held the country hostage that way for a large amount of money. Well, oh, yeah, my God. But that totally makes well, sense. Hospitals get held hostage all the time. Mm-hmm. Hospitals, do they get all of your information and they and they threatened to shut down your hospital. They actually did this a couple years ago on Grey's Anatomy. I tell you, I'm not even kidding. 90% of my life's references come from Grey's Anatomy or The Young and the Restless. It's just who I am. But there was an episode where they were holding the the hospital hostage and they had to figure it out and they had to pay them to get back use of their hospital. Well, that's crazy because, you know, whenever, first of all, thank God I'm partners with Lisa because she's so responsible. She has like a safety first aid kit. She's got like an earthquake kick. She has like a gun and stuff. I I would just She has like a gun and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But she always says we have to keep bottled water and we always have to have like sources of water i don't i fortunately don't drink water so it doesn't affect me but um, well you're made of all silicone so you don't want the water a thousand i just confuses i have juvederm in my closet so so i'm fine you'll be good um but that makes sense it's actually something i've never even thought about and what a way to hold the world hostage by just contaminating the water we always have a few cases well (laughs) luckily my parts my partner sponsored by essentia and we always have cases of like the leaders or the big bottles of water in our closet at all times so even i remember early pandemic going to the store and toilet paper and paper towels and stuff were out and there a lot of places you couldn't get bottled water anymore people started stocking up luckily we had like a dozen cases in our front closet just in case um also comes in very handy if you end up having to make your own bidet because you can't get toilet paper so it was really twofold um but that was a joke justin calm down just relax uh brandon rogers who you know and love he's got a bidet that's so fancy. I tried it. For his boudet? For his boudet. Wow. It's this stuff's kinda... real, though. And, like, we try to, like, avoid it and not think about it and not talk about it. But, like, yeah, but it's very real. This is the future of attacks in America. And you got to be safe. And, like, and, and luckily, luckily, we've got people working on this around the clock that we don't even know about. But it's real. It's so real. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I'm going to go back to it. When the trailer for Scream 5 came out. Remember? Oh, my but God. listen, y'all, this is real. Remember how they updated that? Because in the original Scream, there's a phone call. There were no cell phones back then. In this new one, they're like unlocking the house using an app. And the girl's getting notifications that it's unlocking. The door keeps unlocking before the murderer comes in. That's real. You think that your house is so secure because ADP or whatever, and I'm sure they are by and large. But 
It's just like people like hacking cars and being able to overtake cars that are self-driving. That's a fear of self-driving cars. Michaela, remind me to set up a segment for us for next week to see how AJ can twist everything listen, into the Scream 5. Uh, uh, I yeah, swear yeah. to God, it's good. we're going to hear about but it te- until listen, January I'm going to tell 14th. you this. I'm going I'm to make one more reference here. Mm. Battlestar Galactica, Sci-Fi. I think we're out of time. On Sci-Fi. Because yeah, I because think we should turn the mic Technology off. Battlestar you. Galactica, uh, you're yeah, right, yeah. honey. I'm paranoid. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Morning Beat. We appreciate you, and you're in for a treat because it's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you got? All right, Juliana Margulies is hot, obviously. Now, uh, she's taken on a new role as a lesbian news anchor on The Morning Show. I love The Morning Show. Jen Aniston. Not Jen Aniston, like we're friends. Like you're just old buddies. Jen and Reese really know how to smoke that show. Give a shout out to my mama, Kath, one time in an interview. That's so sweet. Jen Aniston did. Go ahead, Jen. Uh, Well, Juliana is part of the morning show now, um, and she's uh, been happily married since 2007 to her husband, who's a lawyer. But she does talk about a time uh, that she had. Uh, She hints uh, with a woman. Take a listen in an interview that she did. The idea of not, you know, the idea of not being able to work because of your sexual preference is so antiquated and so um, ridiculous. It's like saying to me, well, you're not a single uh, mother. You're married. So now I can't play one. Right. Like, what? You know, or, or you know, telling actresses who have never had children they can't get the role of being the mom because they've never had children. I mean, we're talking about, you know, we act. Okay, so the clips got confused. That's where she's talking about how um, our LGBTQ people are not able to work, how they've been blacklisted in the past, how that really bothered her. This clip talks about her experience with a woman. Take a listen. Um, because they asked me to do it. And I, um, I've played gay, a gay character before, and who's to say I haven't had my own gay experiences? Like you're, you know, we're making assumptions then. That's so that's a really good point. You know, I I felt like they were going with what they felt was the best choice for them, and and the best choice to fit um, in between these two very powerful lead women on that show. Now, this is pretty iconic because back in 2000, she starred as Kira Sedgwick's lover, Carla, in the comedy drama What's Cooking? So it's not the most crazy thing. Um, And I love how she answered that. She said, who's to say, like, I haven't had my own experience. How do you know? Also, I want to give a shout out to Mark Malkin of Variety Magazine. He's a good buddy of mine. That was him on that podcast. Um, Yeah, and here's the thing. What do you got to do? Like, I get it. We need more representation across the board. You know, behind camera, in front of camera, in in the in the in the offices, office space, like in every everywhere, right? I get that, but I don't think that we should start saying no. You can't play this role if you're not exactly this one thing, because. How you but gonna, we don't know if they're exactly you, that yeah, one exactly. thing. Exactly. How are you going to prove that? She could be bisexual. She yes. may not be speaking of other partners because she's happily married. Like, I'm not going to talk about other experiences. And there's I'm so in a many, relationship. Listen, you also might identify as trans and never go through the gender confirmation surgery. Exactly. you might still identify. Like, so, like, we, we got to stop putting labels on people because yeah. we're doing exactly what we don't want done to us. A thousand percent. Well, listen, she's hot. She's on the morning show. She's playing a les. We love it. All right. In our final hour. She's <laughs> <laughs> playing a les. Oh, my Lord. You're wild. In our final hour, we're going to play a Halloween movie game. I wonder who's going to win this. God, this is like a nightmare on Elm Street, if I'm right. 
You're listening to The Morning Beat. We have a fantastic final hour coming up for you. Halloween is right around the corner, and we love games here at The Morning Beat, and I love horror films. So we're playing a game about horror films coming up in just a bit. In about 13 minutes, I will win, uh, just so we know. Oh, Um, shut up! At least I think I will, because Justin told me that I've been basically just killing the game lately, so this time he's actually handicapped me. So we're gonna. You're do... literally killing the Halloween game. Killing it, yep. Murdering it, actually. Slashing, slicing, and dicing my way <laughs> to another victory. I'm sure. Um, but play along with us in about 12 minutes from right now. If you're a fan of Halloween flicks, slasher films, like I am, I'm sure there's gonna be a hocus pocus reference in there somewhere because that's the only one, the only one Michaela knows. So yeah. I'm sure, that's gonna. It's come true. Up. The Sanderson sisters. Awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Justin, just give her a couple easy ones. Uh, that's that's happening in about 12 minutes. Stick around for that. Currently, though, it's time for news on the beat, Michaela. All right. Well, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki brutally mocked Senator Ted Cruz for his claim the vaccine mandates are causing flights to be canceled. At the White House press briefing, a journalist asked Psaki to respond to people who say vaccine mandates have reduced the workforce and contributed to this problem. The journalist did not name names, but Psaki knew one person making that point. Well, I know world-renowned business, travel, and health expert Senator Ted Cruz has made that point, she said bitingly. But I wouldn't say that that is widely acknowledged or echoed by business leaders who have implemented these mandates. By health experts who have conveyed the way to get out of the pandemic is to ensure that we're doing exactly the steps the president has announced and we are working to implement. Ultimately, the job of the president of the United States is to lead, is to follow the advice of health experts, is to ensure that he is protecting the lives of people across the country. Saki was referring to a tweet from Cruz that blamed canceled Southwest airline flights on Biden's mandate that federal contractors like major airlines ensure that their workers are vaccinated in order to keep workplaces safe. Um, that's crazy to me that uh, that pilots and air traffic controllers are just not uh, going to work. Yes. I mean, it's not crazy in a bad way or a good way. It's just crazy. I, that- saw, a, yeah. I saw a story yesterday where a woman and her husband, uh, they delayed their marriage for an entire year and then finally said because of the pandemic and they finally said okay we're gonna get married so we planned a wedding just outside of las vegas they're from the chicago area and they're flying to las vegas and they got there a couple of days early and i think maybe one of her parents might have made it or one of his parents i think his mom made it the groom's mom and the the bride's parents and her entire family their flights kept getting canceled by southwest they were coming out of chicago you're kidding and they all got canceled and they ended up having to get married and they facetimed it to their mom you're their joking She's like we couldn't afford to redo it and now she wrote like an open letter to southwest saying hey we understand this is affecting a lot of people it's our wedding day like we didn't have the money to redo this our parents said go ahead and just do it and they said and that, they're requiring the pilot to be vaccinated yeah and the and the, and the internet kept cutting out well, it's interesting though because Southwest. It's interesting because but the pilots are just in their own little room. Well, they interact. They're, I mean, they're in they close absolutely spaces. do. They're but I'm saying. Spaces. Well, guys, uh, the one thing I would add to this, Southwest and the, like their their unions, all the people are saying it's not having to do with the man like the mandates. It has to do with uh, the computer systems, uh, too many like leadership and um, mechanical issues. It's a variety of things. It's yeah, not the actual not vaccine like, because mandate. Other Wait, airlines, what's going on with the mechanical issues? They can't fix them? They're Southwest. I just, I just feel like they're behind. I feel yeah. like they, the, the, the pandemic hit them financially like all airlines, and they might not have the money to overcome a lot of that. And, oh. and so like United Airlines, Delta Airlines, they're like 100% vaccinated. Like they're doing, I know United was the very first airline, 100% of their employees are fully vaccinated. Yeah. So I don't think that's the issue. I don't think that it's the Got it. people don't get it vaccinated. I think that they're just having money troubles. Tough. And it's, a, it's, it's an affordable airline. 
you know, and they got hit hard. Yeah, it's too bad. So All right, let's, her whole family missed the wedding. So sad. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's 84 in La Quinta today, 84 in Cathedral City, 79 in Sacramento, 81 in Cleveland, 72 in Chicago, 81 in Baltimore, 82 in Atlanta. So nice everywhere. 70 in Kansas City. 84 in Palm Springs, 73 in Vegas, and 79 in L.A. What's it it in San Francisco? Look up San Francisco for me, if you will, because I'm going up there this weekend to shoot something uh, for Toyota. 66 in San Francisco. And Queerty. There it is. Sweater weather and a jacket. Yeah. That's freezing. Yeah. Can't wait, though. I love love San Francisco. Here's your vibe of the day. If you don't risk anything, you risk even more. Take chances in life. Amen. Calculated risks. Amen, honey. All right, coming up. Uh, we love Halloween, not as much as AJ, but we're playing a Halloween movie game. I'll probably lose. Tune in. All right, welcome back to the morning beat as we inch closer and closer to Halloween. I'm very much in the holiday spirit this year for all the holidays. I want to give Halloween its due, and then I want to go full-on pumpkin pie turkey season, and then it's Christmas slash Hanukkah slash Kwanzaa. It's the time of the year that I'm very happy. It's also the time of year where we play a lot more games. So we're going to play a game right now where producer Justin has put together some classic horror films, some less classic horror films. I'm obsessed, so you're going to handicap me. Exactly. You know all all the horror films, sir, uh, so i got to make it a little bit harder for you than you know what Michaela's going to get. Is this because I've been been literally like murdering her recently in all the games? No comment. Okay. Michaela, you ready for Amen. your first question? <laughs> Amen. Simplified plot title, plots of uh, classic horror films. Michaela, here we go. A killer known as Ghostface begins killing off teenagers, and they begin to contemplate the rules of horror. From 1996, what's this film? Scream. I hate you so much. You can't use my favorite film of all time well, he did. to kick things off and give Michaela the win. I Michaela won. gets a point. Ask, start asking you the plots of two, three, and four. AJ. Okay. A college co-ed suspects that murders around her campus are connected to common myths. Oh yeah, Urban Legend, com- of course. Starring Alicia Witt and yeah, and Jared oh, Leto. Oh god. Tied one to one. So good. See? Joshua Jackson. All I couldn't right. give her that one. It's a good film. I would never know that. Holds up. Michaela. A couple of recently deceased <laughs> ghosts contract the services of a bio-exorcist in order to remove the obnoxious new owners of their house. Oh, yeah, you know this one. From 1988. You know this one. Amityville? Oh, come on. <sighs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Beetlejuice. Alec Baldwin when he was a baby. Yeah. Was it Alec Baldwin? Yes, it was. And, uh, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Gina iconic, Davis. Gina Davis, yes. I love Gina Davis. Winona Ryder. Yes. Catherine O'Hare. I mean, the, the entire cast is we bomb. We get it. You love scary movies. We get it. AJ, for you to extend your lead. Well, this is Nightmare on Elm Street playing in the background. Exactly. It's good. Now, simplified plot titles of horror films. From 1989, a main family learns there are horrors to be found at the cemetery behind their house. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Of course. It's a good one. Oh my God, I would never know that. Pet Cemetery. (laughs) I don't even think I've heard of that movie. You've never heard of Pet Cemetery? Oh, so good. Scary. Michaela, from 1993. The Sanderson sisters have been waiting years. Focus, focus. Okay, thank God. Yes, yes, and I know it, and I'm think, in. I don't think we've missed one yet. Three to two. That is not a horror film, Justin. I she did. missed one. I, I got missed it, one But already. I got it right, totally. so I'm ahead. AJ? Mm-hmm. A haunted house makes no secret of the fact that it's not pleased with its new tenants in this independent tale of supernatural horror st- starring Katie and Micah. What year? 2007. It's a haunted house... Um. Oh God! Like House on Haunted Hill. Michaela. Night. 
Paranormal Activity. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of sequels to that, too. Yeah, they did. That night camera catching. Oh, oh too good. AJ still leading three to two. Okay. Simplified plot of horror films. Okay. Michaela from 1993. A skeleton disillusioned with Halloween gives <sighs> another holiday a go. Oh, come on. This is absurd. A skeleton gives a... What? This is absurd. Disillusioned with Halloween gives another holiday a go. God. You don't get this. You're going to... You're going to... Might not know it. I don't know. Maybe you don't know it. No, I don't know it. I don't know it with my face. I don't know it. It's Jack Skellington. It's a nightmare before Christmas. Four to two. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're getting the kid one. Stupid. We're playing, Hall- we're playing a Halloween game right now because Halloween is right around the corner. I'm Amen, super excited. Honey. And we're trying to give Michaela a chance to win by handicapping nah, me. And I'm still just over here still slaying, AJ. slashing and slaying. A psychopathic killer terrorizes a babysitter, then returns seven years later to menace her again. Of course, Halloween. 1979. Babysitter. 79. Halloween. 79? 79. A babysitter? It's not Laurie Strode? No. 79. Michaela. That's not even going to try. When a stranger calls. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's What's okay. that? When did Halloween come out? Around that time? Yes. 70-something. 88? No. All right. still when a stranger got... calls? I've never even heard of that movie. Well, we got time for a couple more. Okay. Mi- Michaela, you're up next. Okay, you got this. You got this. I believe in you. A student has a vision that he uses to save the lives of his friends, but shortly after, oh, yeah, you know everyone this. dies in freak accidents. Crap, I know you it, know and one. I don't know the title. Yeah, um, you do. I know, 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 and I don't know the title, and I know, though, and I know. Um, it's, um, oh, God, it's like the freak accidents are so the random. Final, uh, the, oh. the, the final, yes. Final destination. Not I, I was trying that. to give you a clue. I, I said the word final. I needed it. I needed it. I'm the worst. Four to three. Oh, wow. I better get this one. AJ, an American ambassador learns to his horror that his son is actually the literal Antichrist from 1976. Oh, the Omen. Ah, Damien. How do you know that? Omen child. Because I used to call my sister the Omen child when she was little. That really actually How'd tracks. How'd you see these movies, now. though? I've seen them all. Michaela, one more for you. My favorite a, genre. A boy who communicates with spirits that don't know they're dead seeks yeah. the help. Oh, yeah. Just... Oh, yeah. The Sixth Sense. Good job. I, I got, I got one more, right? Yeah, you have one more. Okay. I'm good. AJ? Yep. From 1982, scientists in the Antarctic are confronted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of the people it kills. What year was this? 1982. 82? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. In the Antarctic? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know that one. I'm, I was two. Michaela? She'll never know. Alien. I like your, I like your well, guess. That's a good guess, though. I'm glad you got... I didn't even guess. The Thing. Oh, I don't um, know. I think that's close enough. So I still won, though, right? Oh, I'm not allowed to call them Alien. I have to call them E.T. Yeah, E.T. Tammy Lovato said so. Mm-hmm. Five to four, AJ, you win. Wow, I only won five to four? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Goodbye. Yikes. Goodbye. Boo-hoo. That was scary. Boo-hoo. Let me kick things off. I'm going to tell you about uh, the California State Prison here in L.A. County. Problematic. Our prison system in this country is very problematic. Kim Kardashian's trying to fix it. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, a lot more people need need to pay attention to what's going on with our incarceration rates here in this country. But one little glimmer of hope here in L.A. County. Uh... 25 students who were incarcerated here 
just celebrated their commencement ceremony in the prison yard uh, due to a program in partnership between Cal State LA um, and LA County, which allows incarcerated individuals to pursue a Bachelor of Communications degree. That's the degree I have. There were 37 total graduates, 12 of whom have been released and finished their degrees on campus uh, out in the real world. Five of those on the outside are now pursuing a master's degree. I this is Listen, here's the thing. There are some people who should be in prison, mm-hmm. obviously. But there are very, very, very few people that don't deserve a second or a third chance, in my opinion. Prison should be an opportunity, you know, not only to sort of pay for your crimes, but to learn from them and to grow from them and to create an opportunity for yourself to do better the next time you're out. Yeah. Uh, not just a place to go rot and, and live the rest of your life. So I love this program. I love what they're doing. My mom, when she was uh, back in my hometown, she worked for a company that that uh, they set aside a certain number of jobs every single year for formerly incarcerated people. And they ended up being some of the hardest working people in the world yeah. because they just want an opportunity. They messed up maybe when they were young or they went away for a crime that was three strikes because they're using marijuana. When we can now go buy marijuana in an Apple-like store and on every single corner in you know, Los Angeles County and throughout the state of California and all over the country. So I think this is really cool and I'm really, I'm really proud that this is happening here in L.A. So cute. So cute. All right. Well, you're getting married, honey. And uh, the biggest deal about your wedding is that you're going to have videography. You're going to have photography. I thought you were going to say you're the biggest deal. You're I the, thought I thought that's what you're going to say. You are the biggest deal, <laughs> but you're so excited. That's very important to you to have all the content and footage that you need. And one couple was not so lucky. So a hospice staff uh, helped a couple in their late 90s. Royce King, who's 98, and his Aww. wife Frankie, 97, were finally able to take wedding photos after 77 years together, and it's all thanks to their staff at their hospice. They got married September 16th, 1944. Royce King and his high school sweetheart Frankie tied the knot, and Frankie wore a tailored suit instead of a gown. And Royce had only two days before leaving to serve overseas as an Air Force pilot in the World War II. Oh, this story is so common. The couple did not have a photographer on site to capture their special day. The couple went on to have two kids, four grandchildren, and several great-grandchildren. And now that they're in their late 90s, they've got beautiful photos to take. And she did wear, Frankie did wear a beautiful wedding dress and her little veil. And she looks adorable. I'll tell you this. But also, how iconic is that? First of all, her name's Frankie, which I'm obsessed with. Yep. But secondly, she wore a suit in 1944 and was like, let's do this guy. Also, 77 years married? That's impressive. Yeah. That's that's absolutely incredible. You know, my grandmother kept her wedding dress. It's very, back then they were like, a lot of the wedding dresses looked kind of like doilies almost. And she was, you know, engaged to somebody else. My grandpa came home from the war, said, I want to marry you. She said, okay, she called off the engagement, married my grandpa. Yeah. They were married 56 years. When I was 12 or 13 years old, she goes, you look about the size I was when I got married. She got the wedding dress out and she put it on me and put the little hat on with it. And there's a picture somewhere that I will show you someday of me and my grandmother's wedding dress. That's was, so cute. I was very slender. I look good. I'm so ni- I'm ni- cute. I have nice legs. I think I was wearing soccer shorts underneath, but whatever. Yeah, who yeah. cares? Well, congratulations, Royce and Frankie. That's adorable. Now, this Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. Any moment that can give you a sweet relief is a moment to look forward to. Now, for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte, hot or ice for $2. Prices may vary. As always, thank you so much for listening to our show. Thank you to our guests today. Always so iconic. We have a great show for you tomorrow as we head into the weekend. Uh, so stay safe and we'll see you then. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.